While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, when he saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but at your command I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come to help them. They came and filled both boats, so that the boats were in danger of seeking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had, had made seized him, and all those with him. And likewise James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. When they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The story of the great saints like St. Augustine are always ones that resonate with me. The story of Augustine who, you know, writes in his autobiography about not really hiding anything from those, from his readers about the life that he lived. In fact, mocking his Christian mother, Monica, and at different points of his life pursuing different philosophies, Manichaeism, the latest fads of the day, trying to seek his satisfaction, his comfort in prestige, in pleasure, and other worldly designs. But it is only whenever he comes face to face in an encounter with the Word of God, with Christ himself, that Augustine becomes the great saint that many of us have at least heard his name, but certainly perhaps the most profound and deepest theologian the church has ever had. And as we look at the story of many different saints, we could look at St. Therese of Avila, who for many years, despite being in a Carmel, still until about her mid-40s, was one who was rather lukewarm in her faith until, again, the Lord finally touched her. That oftentimes she was seeking her own pleasures, just going off you know, kind of leaving the convent where she wanted to visit with family, with friends, not really following any sort of strict discipline of life. But yet, at different moments, the Lord finally speaks. And despite trying to find their comfort in the world, despite trying to find their comfort in other things and other people, inevitably, the saints always found that only one thing truly satisfied, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And as we look at today's gospel, we can see that it says that Simon Peter tells him, Master, we have worked hard all night and have caught nothing. But at your command, I will lower the nets. How many of us oftentimes feel this way? That we worked hard all night. That we've been putting in all this effort. And it doesn't feel as though the Lord is speaking back. It doesn't seem as though life is giving back to us. That we feel perhaps empty depressed, frustrated, 
and a host of other emotions that we can all feel at different times and perhaps for prolonged periods of times throughout our lives. But at your command, I will lower the nets. But yet, we trust. Sure, some of you may be going through difficult times. Sure, some of you may be experiencing periods of dryness within your prayer. But yet, here you are. This reminder that, yes, Lord, I will still follow. I will still trust. I will still put my faith in you, despite sometimes feeling as though it's not really working, that I'm putting all this effort in, it's not really responding. And I think then it's important then as we see this too, is representative of our entire lives. Each and every week, I usually discover something new, a different attachment that I have to something within the world a different thing that I'm kind of latching onto for security. After my retreat, I visited a friend of mine who left college seminary, but I still catch up with every once in a while, and he's now a counselor. And he said oftentimes he realizes that many of our problems can boil down to two questions. Who's saving me? Who am I putting my trust in? And what is that person or what is that thing saving me from? Sometimes that can be money. Sometimes it can be a specific individual. And what is it saving me from? For example, money. What can it be saving me from? Well, money is saving me from insecurity, from instability. It's saving me from the fear of what happens if I don't have enough. You see, so often we can put our trust in other things, place our trust in other people even. Not that you obviously shouldn't trust other people, but if you put all your bets on a single person, even your spouse, you are going to find yourself unsatisfied. You're going to find that they are not enough. No single one of us can bear that burden. A priest cannot bear that burden. You cannot bear that burden. And I think this even then comes to relevance for vocations. Because we have worked all night can mean we're putting in an effort and doesn't seem like we're getting anything back. But working all night can also mean that we're putting to our human terms. I've often heard this gospel, I'm no fisherman, so if I, this is not correct to all your fishermen out here, correct me, that's fine after Mass, but hold your tongues. But I've heard before that the reason that Simon Peter is washing his nets and is that is because they worked all night, that fish at night is the best time to fish. Wherever the water is cooler, the fish are more active, more willing to take the bait, more willing to fall into their nets. And so they're following their rather humanly wisdom, which is usually very good wisdom, good advice. But at the same time, whenever it comes to the kingdom of God, we must first and foremost place our trust in Christ, place our trust in him in his church, and ultimately in his goodness to us, no matter what comes. It all works towards the good. And I think where this comes to vocations, I can often find this. I experienced it myself whenever I went off to seminary, like, Jerry, you're 19 years old. Don't you think maybe you should just go to regular college, date a little bit, and then, like, you know, experience life before you jump into that? And people give young men and also young women who want to enter the convent this kind of advice all the time. Tell them, like, oh, hey, live your life first. Like, you know... Do that first, and then, then if you still want to do that, then maybe do that. 
And I think that that's fundamentally flawed because we think, well, you're only 18, 19 years old. Can you make that kind of decision? Yet we will always applaud, and rightfully so, so before anybody gets up in arms, rightfully applaud young man or young woman who goes off to serve our country in the armed forces. Yet we will allow our children to go off and invest a lot of money in their college education. Again, rightfully so. But yet whenever somebody decides to take a risk and invest their life in the gospel, to take a risk and see if the Lord may be calling them to seminary, then we kind of discourage them. Are you sure? Are you really like ready to make that kind of decision? Are you at that age yet? And I think we should always be ready to encourage them to respond for two reasons. One, the Lord may be calling them. That's the most important thing. Woe to us if we get in the way of God's plan for someone's life. Whether it be a young man or a young woman, woe to us. And so we should be very careful of discouraging people from pursuing a vocation. Because, well, as we can see with beacons of light, without that, with that discouragement, we find ourselves in dire straits. And I think that young people fundamentally want to pursue such a life. I think there's a reason why we applaud them whenever they go off to the armed forces, to the Marines or the Army. It's because they're challenging themselves. They're going to be challenged to grow up, to mature. And this is what happened for me at seminary. Of the nine young men that entered in my freshman class, I'm the only one that was ordained. But yet all of them that I talk to say that seminary has made them better fathers, better husbands. We need to place our trust in the Lord that even if the Lord is not the second point, just because somebody goes to seminary doesn't mean they become a priest. We need to encourage our young men and our young women to pursue such a life. If a young man opens up to you about it, encourage him to come talk to me, Father Aaron, or another priest that he admires. Encourage him to pray about it, to take it to the Lord. That maybe, yeah, that would be a good idea, to challenge ourselves to do it. I think that's the other point, and that's the second point. It's not necessarily going to be the end. Seminary is just a beginning. It's a deepening of faith, a deepening of trust in the Lord's providence. And it's a lesson that each of us can take something from, a challenge to grow in our faith, to become saints which then becomes a challenge of all of us. Because then also in your call to married life, perhaps we should be a little more discerning there too. We need to challenge our children to first and foremost put the Lord first, to not put their faith in their future spouse. Well, to put their trust, but not their entire faith. But instead first to become friends of Jesus Christ, to put the entirety of their trust in him. And then, then, from that foundation, then one can truly build a lifelong friendship, a lifelong marriage. It is by putting the Lord at the center of all things that then our human wisdom is brought to perfection. We have worked hard all night. Lord, I know that the conditions are usually better at night, but because you're telling me to put this net over the board, I'm going to trust you. And as he does so, he then pulls up a great catch of fish. Yes, so often it may seem as though our resources, or a young man may have a talent for math, finance, athletics. But in the end, if the Lord calls him to something, 
Lord is going to multiply what the, has put at his disposal. He's going to use those for a greater good. And he's ultimately going to deepen the faith of those around him. My mother and father have often commented on how much deeper their faith has gotten because, well, they were challenged by my own decision to enter seminary. So do not be afraid of these challenges that the Lord lays before us. Do not be afraid of what the Lord offers us here at Mass, which is ultimately a call just as the Lord calls forth Simon. He calls each of us to go out and make a catch of great fish. Mass, from the original Misa, means to be sent. That Mass feeds us to then go forth and carry what we have received in the Eucharist, which is the heart of our Lord, hopefully transforming ours to be more like His and to the world. It is by this leaven that then we begin to truly make ground. That then truly our parishes become beacons of light by encouraging one another to follow our vocations, to answer the Lord's call in our life, to answer the promptings that he gives us, so that indeed we will find our satisfaction, not in novelty, not in material, not in pleasure, and not even in other relationships, but instead in Jesus Christ alone. <laughs>